0: will play Thursday, May 12th, at 7 p.m. We're From Here is an award-winning film about three dancers that were born and raised in Portland. William J. in House of Aquarius, Big Snub in the Rip City Kings, and Raw Boogie in Soul Trigger. All three of them will perform live and discuss their dance after the film with a DJ set by Northern Draw. Again, that's We're From Here, Thursday, May 12th, at 7 p.m. at the Clinton Street Theater. 2522 Southeast Clinton Street in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. And this Kboo program has been made possible in part by Kboo Foundation members and a grant from Portland Saturday Market, From Our Hands to Yours, celebrating 43 years of American arts and crafts Freshly prepared foods with an international flavor and local music every Saturday and Sunday from March through Christmas Eve in Waterfront Park. Local artisans, international food, live music, portlandsaturdaymarket.com.
1: The purpose of this program is not to prescribe a treatment to individuals. Listeners should consult their healthcare practitioner before attempting any treatment.
0: Good morning, and welcome to Health Watch. I'm Ellen Goldsmith, licensed acupuncturist and your host every second Monday of the month. Well, it's spring in the Pacific Northwest, and if you suffer from seasonal allergies, that might mean misery. And it's also the season of allergy medicine advertising, promoting many over-the-counter medications to lessen your symptoms. If you suffer with allergies, you're certainly not alone. According to the United States National Institute of Health, more than 50 million Americans live with allergies, and this represents the sixth leading cause of chronic disease in the United States, and it's higher amongst children and has rapidly increased over the past 15 years. But did you know that the treatment of allergies with herbs is very effective and one of the oldest medicines there is? Herbal medicine goes back thousands of years. The World Health Organization estimates that 80% of people rely on herbal medicine for some part of their primary health care. Today we are lucky to have in our studio a local expert in the field of herbs and botanical medicine, Dr. Glenn Nagel, a naturopathic physician practicing in Oregon. He's also a practicing herbalist and all-around herbal wise guy for the last 30 years. He's apprenticed with leaders in the field such as Herbal Ed Smith and Sarah Katz, founders of Herb Farm, Dr. Ryan Drum, an expert in sea vegetables and seaweeds, and wise woman Cascade Anderson Geller. He is taught at Bastyr University in Seattle and is an adjunct professor in botanical medicine at the National College of Natural Medicine here in Portland. He is currently the lead naturopathic physician for Herb Farm, a company growing and producing high-quality herbal extracts and educating people on the safe and effective use of medicinal herbs in Southern Oregon. Dr. Glenn Nagel, welcome to Health Watch. It's
1: so good to be here, thanks.
0: Well, let's start with the key symptoms of seasonal allergies, because they're quite different than common colds. I know that because I have a cold today, not a mm. seasonal allergy <laughs> symptom. So could you let our listeners know about that? Because I know a lot of people come into our clinics well, with, you know, wondering.
1: Yeah, they, they used to call it hay fever, because of course, the rural population was working in, around grass and pollens are one of the most common airborne. Uh, anything in the air that comes from plants, especially pollen has protein, and the protein can stimulate um, an immune response. And so when we talk about seasonal allergies, we're usually talking about things that happen in the spring, sometimes the summer. And usually spring, it's trees. In Portland, we have so many trees that I know my car has pollen on it every morning that the windshield wipers clear off because that pollen is coming there overnight from the trees. And so we've had such a, a warm spring, that the trees have really advanced. And so if you notice this time of year starting getting the sneezy, wheezy drippies, that's what we tend to think of um, uh, from that seasonal allergies. And so occasionally people get fever, but usually they get a lot of congestion. They have a lot of drippiness, uh, watery, itchy eyes. And like a lot of things, it's not serious, but it can be really de- debilitating. And so many people um, doesn't get a lot of press uh, as far as, oh, you have allergies, But when people have them, they really suffer. And so as somebody that's practiced patients, you know, I think kids, it's really common too now. I I think one in six kids has allergies. And I know when I was a kid, you know, you didn't hear about food allergies or peanut allergies. But now everybody's classes, there's much more allergic. And so I think this is a trend that we see not only with seasonal but with food is that they're increasing at a rapid rate.
0: So, but... Let's go back to this seasonal allergy Mm -hmm. thing that happens in the spring, summer, even sometimes the fall. You know, why should someone be allergic to
1: their environment? Well, that's the key thing because uh, you need two things to have allergies. You need exposure, and then you need sensitivity. And so the key on that sensitivity is we're all living here in the Pacific Northwest. We're all exposed. We go outside. You can't really change the air. That's what makes the pollen allergy so hard is that You can avoid foods and feel better, but the pollen, it's kind of hard not to breathe. I can do it for about three minutes, then I have to have another breath. So, (laughs) you know, this is the the exposure. And so how does somebody become sensitized? Repeated exposure, but then it's really an immune system issue. And so I think of it as as a forerunner of other issues with the immune system. It's like you become overreactive to something that's very, very common.
0: So let's talk about that because, you know, people come in and they say, I have an allergy too, but we've seen those allergies to things, you know, to pollen, to cats, Mm -hmm. to this, to that change. So the the interaction between our internal environment and the external environment, talk a little bit about that. Like how can we change, how can we desensitize ourselves internally to this Mm -hmm. external um, stimulant?
1: Yeah, because patients would always ask, well, why am I problematic with now? Last year I wasn't. Right. And I always like to think of this concept of the total allergenic load. And the way I would explain to patients and to your listeners here, it takes a visual. So just envision in front of you a glass of water or a cup of tea and think of that water as the allergens and the cup as your immune system. And so that as the water rises, you have more and more allergies until the water overflows the cup, you won't get a lot of symptoms. Once it overflows, then you have a lot of symptoms. And so what I see is that as people get older, at 30s and 40s, a lot of times, I'll, the first question I ask is, have you had allergies before? And they said, oh, when I was a kid, seven, eight, nine, I had them really bad. And what happens is your immune system or the cup gets bigger, and so the allergies that are there seem smaller and relative. And so as you get older, stress and other components uh, bring that um, allergenic load to the surface, and so you see them reappear. And so, when you think of the total load, you have to think, you have to address all the potential allergens. And so,
0: right. So then, what is the that load that happens internally? How can people? What are those things that affect that that rising up over the cup?
1: <laughs> well, if you think of the most common allergens, there's airborne and pollens and weeds and trees, and then animal standards cats and dogs so you know when you go through a patient's history they're like well I can't really get rid of my cat or dog I can't stop breathing and so then you come down to underlying issues that are digestive and food related and so how do people get food sensitivities the same idea that you have to be exposed and typically you know this from practice that patients usually become allergic to something they eat a lot and then become sensitive. And so then it's a little bit of did de- detective work to find out which things are you responding to. But what I find is thinking that total load, if you reduce something that's an allergenic, it improves all the symptoms. And so one of the things I found clinically is that people really improve their seasonal allergies if they start working six months before. So you mean working on,
0: on their immune system?
1: Right, working on strengthening their immune system, making that cup larger, and then lowering the level of allergens. And so typically we would address other allergens like in, uh, the foods. You know, They give up some of their common allergenic foods like wheat or soy or dairy, and they find this themselves improved health-wise. And then when the season comes in the spring, they go, guess what, I'm, I'm not sensing these allergens. And that's a real common way because we can talk about some of the herbal ones in a minute. But um, the idea is that prevention is a really good model.
0: That's a really good model. But you know, it's uh, when people say, "Well, you know, I'm not breaking out in hives, and you know, I'm not, ha- I'm not allergic to those foods. Why should I give them up? Uh, you got to give me a case for that."
1: Well, <laughs> it's one of those cases where there are different types of allergies, and I think we use the word allergy and sensitivity interchangeable, but. The allergy is a really an immune response. A histamine, a, the mast cells, which are these immune cells that cause the symptoms, uh, whereas the sensitivity is just an incompatibility. You know, they just you don't get along for various reasons with that food. And you know, I always tell patients, it's like, well, if that you like that food, but it doesn't like you, and true love has to be two ways, right? <laughs> It's time
0: for separation. (laughs) right?
1: I I love cheese, but cheese doesn't love me. Let's give it a break. And one of the things they found in practice is patients would give a break on the food for like six weeks, four to six weeks, and then they'd eat it and they find they'd feel worse. And then they would blame me saying, oh, you've taken that food out. And I'm like, well, you found that when you eliminate it, you really feel better. And that is really power. And that is knowledge. Motivation is really high when you know if you eat this food, you're going to feel worse.
0: Right, and, and it gives them actually a choice so that if they eat the food and feel worse, then they go, oh, well, I can get that food out of my diet, um, you know,
1: um, and, and feel better, right? Yeah, and it doesn't mean they have to give up that food forever. I think it's the idea that rotating and so not eating the same thing. And I would always say, you know, maybe twice a week, once a week, you can try it and see if your body can handle it. Because uh, think about the immune system being stressed out. Allergies are a hyper-response. And so in some ways, allergies have a similar role to sometimes autoimmune disease because autoimmune disease is also at a high, uh, all-time high. Mm-hmm. And autoimmune is the body is attacking itself. And it can be joint-related. It can be thyroid. And so it's the over-response that both allergies and autoimmune have. doesn't mean it's related, but it does mean that you're having an over-response. And that will def- cause you to become deficient and weak because you just can't run forever or you can't be up all night. You have to have the balance. And I think that's what we approach.
0: Right. It's as if your body's trying to fight off two things, the allergens, the stress, the foods, all of those things. You're, you're really overworking your immune mm-hmm. system at that point. So let's let's enter that world uh, where you are the herbal wise guy and, okay. and talk about what role um, can herbs play in helping people support their immunity and reduce their allergenic load? Mm.
1: Well, herbs are really great as a supportive role. Um, you know, they work in many different models, but I think what they do is support the underlying system, and so you can use things to help slow the mucus release. Uh, we can use things to kind of stabilize the inflammatory model, and I think that's the approach. They're not as, as designed to be blocking the symptoms like many of the over-the-counter drugs. Uh, many of those drugs advertised work very well, but what we find is that when you stop taking it, the symptoms rebound. And so they're kind of like just putting a piece of tape over the light in your car that says, check engine. (laughs) You know, that's how we think of it. They're not not addressing the cause. And symptom relief is really important. You can't tell the patient, uh, just wait six weeks and they'll be better because the pollens might leave by then. You know, you have to address the symptoms. And herbs can be very, very helpful for help stabilizing that inflammatory model and So some of the things we think of, and we can talk the specifics that I really like. uh, Here in the Northwest, the the stinging nettles is really amazing. Uh, That's the urtica diotica. And if you've hiked in the gorge and you get off trail and you get these itchies on your arms or legs, that is the stinging nettles. And the stinging nettles are amazing in that they have these little hairs called the trichomes. And in there, they have inflammatory meteors, including histamine. Hmm. And so how do they help? an excessive response of histamine by giving you histamine well there's a lot of theories but we know that the nettles incredibly nutritionally rich it's got beta carotene it's got vitamin c it's got 33 percent by weight protein Hmm. so that eating the nettles as a food which is a spring edible um you know taking them in some form gives you proteins, and so they help with desensitizing the system. And so it's long been used for joints, supporting healthy joints and supporting anti-inflammatory. And if you think of it like a super rich superfood, like a spirulina, like a deep dark green vegetable, that's going to help build um, the body's reserves. Vitamin C is stabilizing mast cells. There's a lot of carotenoids, which are the natural pigments. It's very green, but underneath there's actually quite a bit of purple in nettles, and mm. those are pigments that are antioxidants. So
0: how do people, I mean, I know I go and pick them with my plastic bags over my hands uh, in early spring and uh, cook them up and either saute them or put them in a soup or in a rice or something like that. Yeah. You wanna-
1: The key thing about nettles is just like making sure anytime you pick wild foods, you know what you're doing and you're picking from places that are relatively clean, not by the side of the road or the railroad tracks. Right. Typically out in, in the Forest Service away, you can see huge stands of those. Um, you want to really get, like, the uh, this time of year, maybe the top six, eight inches, and you can snap them off with gloves. The key thing is to wear high gloves, like the kind you would wash your dishes in, because uh, the, typically it's the wrist that gets stung when you're reaching out. And they can be uh, steamed in a basket. They can be sauteed and chopped what happens with the heat is they break down the little hairs and so the hairs become no longer stinging and they break down the chemistry of the hair too and so there's there's interesting theories on what's in those hairs but we know there's 5-hydroxytryptamine which is like a neuro human neurotransmitter
0: hmm.
1: and so some of the things that happens with nettles is they're giving you a little bit Of the hair of the dog that bit you. And so (laughs) I don't know, we don't want to talk about homeopathy, but a little bit, right? A little bit of that nettle sting. And so historically, uh, nettle stings have also been used to support healthy joints, because if you sting your arthritic joint with nettles, it causes the natural cascade of inflammation to manifest, and then it resolves. And afterwards, it feels better. And there's actually a clinical study from England about thumb pain, arthritic thumb pain, where they blinded people and they gave them these herbs to rub on, and one group they gave stinging nettles, and one they gave a non stinging plant, and the significant there was clinical significance for people with joint pain without even knowing it was supposed to sting or not and so um, supposedly also it's a great thing for hair growth, but it's you know it's really good for nutritional I think of nettles as a nutritional tonic, so in allergies what we're thinking of doing is just supporting people's nutrition
0: well um. And- if you just turned in, tuned, Excuse me. If you just tuned in, um, you are listening to Health Watch on KBOO, and we're speaking with Dr. Glenn Nagel, naturopathic physician and practicing herbalist, and all around herbal wise guy about uh, spring allergies and herbs. And we were just talking about nettles. So for those uh, unadventurous people who don't want to go out with their high gloves into the Forest Service areas and get their nettles. Where can people get nettles and how would they utilize them to help with their allergies? I mean, we know it's a popular remedy for allergies. It
1: is a popular remedy. As a single, it's also been used in combinations. The typical way you would find uh, the herbal extracts in some of the health food stores is uh, liquid extracts with alcohol and water. Those are called tinctures or herbal extracts. And those are dosed like a dropper full, 30 or 40 drops, two or three times a day. You'd want to do them for a few days to see how your allergies improved. If you're on other allergy medications, you know you can slowly take a break from that and see if that can be helpful. They're also available to the dried nettles and capsules. And some people prefer the capsules um, versus taking the liquid extracts. And those would be a simple way to do it. There's also lots of allergy formulations, which are combinations that have some other herbs that are really helpful, like the one I also like is, um, everybody knows it from Sushi World, is wasabi. Oh, interesting. And horseradish. Now, why do you like horseradish with your sushi?
0: Why do I like it? Well, I like that. I just like how it opens up my nose. Right.
1: And <laughs> so it's a very good natural decongestant because mm-hmm. when you eat that wasabi, what happens is from the mouth up, it opens. Mm-hmm. And so it opens the sinuses. And so the decongestant aspect, it's really working through warming and stimulation. And uh, wasabi is a horseradish, essentially. And horseradish has these components called ITCs that are in the mustard family, aloe isothiocyanates. That's why we call them ITCs. And they're warming and spicy and antimicrobial, and they open up circulation. And so if you just ate a little wasabi, or you can actually make, again, an extract in alcohol and water, and it's also super warming And the thing that's great about it is it's a temporary relief without being suppressive. It's just opening up circulation. It would be similar to doing a steam inhalation with a little bit of lavender oil. The warm steam opens the sinus and decongests. So you can get a good 20, 30 minutes relief from doing steam. And wasabi or the horseradish seems to be another really great alternative.
0: So when we're we're talking about um, using herbs, let's say you change your food a little bit. Mm you manage your stress a little bit you take some herbs is there are can people really expect relief
1: yes because i think what the herbs do is they combine and i like to think of herbal medicine kind of like nudge medicine you know <laughs> they're nudging the, the immune system they're nudging your nutrition they're combining it with diet and lifestyle and so as a naturopathic physician you know our approach is always a, uh, taking um, kind of looking at the cause and going through and supporting all the different systems and so if you have less stress you're going to have less response to the allergies so the hardest thing to do is to get people to be involved in stress reduction but herbs can be a very good um, kind of combination to help them transition because people like with allergies you know they're stressful. And so if you say, do yoga with allergies, you can't breathe. So you need right. something that's gonna help stimulate uh, symptom relief. And they work through means that, you know, very complex. I think I'm a big believer in that the herbs have many kinds of ingredients in it. And so if we isolate an active only certain components, then we're leaving the beauty of everything. And so like, uh, I can mention things that say, well, this is the active ingredient, but, you know, I think with herbs, it's kind of like you, what's our active ingredient? Well, it's the whole that's really there. Once we start taking out the parts of the body that we don't need, we find, well, we kind of need it all. And uh, even research today says, well, maybe the appendix has a role. So we start looking at the fact that the whole herb has components that we evolved with and that our body responds to. And we don't always know if it's this one or this one, but we know that it's the blend of those things.
0: Right. I mean, I know that in uh, Chinese medicine, Westernizing of Chinese herbal medicine, there have been, you know, people in China pulling out components of herbs and saying, "Okay, they have this component, let's make this uh, a treatment in and of itself." But again, well, a, we're great, not parts. a great
1: example for allergies is that although the FDA took it off the market, the ephedra sinensis right. is a, an herbal product that has very strong decongestant properties, in- and it was somewhat abused in the field by people wanting to get energy and um, but in practice I used it a lot and it was very very effective and it's more like an herbal drug so I think we have to think about in the marketplace we have like capsules of herbs extracts of herbs that have the whole plant in there then we have the so-called standardized extracts that have certain components isolated or um, concentrated and ephedra was one of those things that the FDA took off the market but we still have things like the nettles. Um, one of my other favorite is uh, turmeric. I mean, mm-hmm. turmeric is just a super, re- super renaissance in turmeric. And curcumin longa, you know, that's the spicy yellow curry powder, which has that in there. One of the things we see about um, curcumin is that it has a strong anti-inflammatory effect. So if we looked at that allergy mast cell, how do we not block it, but how do we stabilize it? And curcumin has a very good benefit.
0: Well, that's a, a great piece of information because curcumin has gotten a lot of a inf- uh, lot of press about uh, pain and inflammation, right. but you're saying that people could actually utilize that for stabilizing allergy symptoms yeah, as well.
1: Because we think of inflammation and allergies are inflammation, so wherever there's inflammation, the uh, the benefit of curcumin seems to be over the longer period of time. So it's not as quick acting as some of the other things I mentioned, but if you add turmeric powder to your diet, turmeric extract, um, you know, from a week to six weeks, the studies show that it really helps benefit the roots of chronic inflammation. And, you know, we all have access to research today by just going to PubMed, and if you put curcumin longa in there, you'll find hundreds of studies on the extract. And so the only caution with uh, turmeric is it will stain your skin. I have I've ruined a lot of clothes and stained my skin because it's very yellow. <laughs> right, it is very you, yellow. You need to wear gloves if you're going to take the fresh root and grate it. Um, and it's available as a fresh root in, you know, the stores. You can grate it. You can use the dried powder. It's very inexpensive. And so generally a, a, a dropper full two to three times a day of an extract, um, you know, a half teaspoon of the powder introduced into the diet. Not everybody likes curries, but that's a great way to get it. And uh, Ayurvedics love the golden milk, which is uh, some form of milk with a little bit of fat. What happens with the curcumin is there's fat-soluble components that are called the curcuminoids, which are, if that's one that's really been looked at in research, um, it's one of the components, but those are more alcohol or fat-soluble. And so in a herbal extract, you want something with a higher alcohol content because that will hold them in solution. And when you're eating the powder, you want to take it with fat because fat will help. And if you think about curries, it's coconut milk or some kind of fat. And so curry, typically, and and the other issue with the turmeric is that there's a lot of data saying that really supports healthy memory and brain. And so some of the traditional research shows that uh, India has the lowest levels of Alzheimer's of any uh, nation on earth, and that's part of the natural diet. So uh, mental wellness and joints uh, inflammation. So this is the challenge with herbs: is that they're not one herb, one way. It's one herb, a hundred ways. Right. And, and so you have to kind of learn. Oh, well, sounds like your list, listeners here are thinking, okay, I've heard of turmeric. You know, there's really no problem with introducing it into your diet and find ways to drink it. I personally like to make a little coconut milk smoothie, put my turmeric liquid extract in there, and and it's beautiful. I just try not to get it anywhere but in my mouth. <laughs>
0: So we just have a couple of minutes left, but I wanted to bring up this point around inflammation and how allergies can actually lead to chronic disease. And since allergies are inflammation and chronic disease is about inflammation, I think people downplay it. They go, oh, I have allergies, you know, I'll just take an over-counter medication because I don't want to suffer from the symptom, which is completely understandable. But I think what I'm getting and understanding is that it's also, it's inflammation. And inflammation, long term, is not good for us. Right.
1: I always use this analogy of like if I rub my skin with my finger for like a few minutes, it gets a little bit red. If I did it for an hour, it would start being abraded. If I did it for longer, there would be a wound. And if you did it for longer than that, the body's going to respond by you know creating a scar or eventually creating some kind of bandage. And so it's a it's a trigger for chronic illness, and inflammation is one of the key underlying aspects of chronic disease. So normally, inflammation is short-lived. If I go out and ride my bike for 100 miles, I'll come home and I'll be sore the next day. I'll be inflamed. But in a day or two, it should be better. It's the chronic inflammation that's kind of getting the engine revving, and so that eventually kind of depletes our adrenal reserves. And so that's another part of the allergy story, is to try to help the reserve adrenals, and I think in Chinese medicine you call it a little differently.
0: Well, we call it our kidney chi. Kidney chi, right? Yeah. And
1: so that's like that's an essence of without that, and adrenal reserve would be like our stress hormones. So right,
0: absolutely. So and when we're talking about long term chronic disease around inflammation, we're talking things like. Atherosclerosis, right? right? We're talking about heart disease. We're talking about high blood pressure. We're talking
1: about arthritis. Arthritis. The chronic diseases. And this is where herbal medicine is so great is that I kind of have that theory that, you know, uh, herbal medicine fits into this model of a healthy diet. And so that if you think about all the things we eat plant based, basically the theories are we need to eat more plants, right? Mm-hmm. Five to seven. The studies on fruits and vegetables show that the more you ate, the more benefit. And so they say five to seven to nine a day, but nine to 12 are even better. You know, it's like there's no upper limit. Right. And so I think of herbal medicine as kind of that spectrum because we have these plant rich components. I mean, an herb can be a food or it can be a medicine, depending how you look at it. But there are all these plant chemicals in there that, that we evolved with. You know, rosemary has. Uh, components for memory and for stimulation. So I think of like adding the spices to our food and one real great way to do is make a spice wheel like just get a bunch of dry spices and put them the Indian uh, grocery stores sell these wonderful little wheels that they put the spices in and every morning if you're having porridge just let's say let's put one spice in and it it just increases your intake. You're getting diverse compounds.
0: Well this has been really wonderful and I fascinating and rich and if you're out there and you're suffering from allergies um dr nagel how could people get in touch with you
1: you know they they can help and get in touch with me i can uh, i have a, a email through the naturopathic college g nagel at edu,
0: and that's n-a-g-e-l
1: okay and uh, i'm part-time uh Instructor and taught botanical medicine, and I'm doing a series of classes um, also through the NCNM, and one of them st- actually meets this um, Thursday, and it's uh, herbal mixology, which is my way of taking herbal medicine and kind of blending it with a fun, tasty way. So this week we're doing cordials.
0: You won't want to miss it. I've had Glenn's Doctor cor- Nagel's cordials and they're fantastic. Doctor Glenn Nagel, thank you so much for being with us on Health Health Watch. And we've been speaking with Dr. Glenn Nagel, naturopathic physician, practicing herbalist, and chief herbal educator at Herb Farm. Thank you again, Dr. Nagel. You're welcome. And you can listen to this episode and more episodes of Health Watch online at kboo.org slash healthwatch. you guys. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Muchas gracias. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you so much for all your support during our recently completed spring membership drive. We can't do it without you. Thanks to all of our renewing members, our new members, and everyone who helped get KABU to the fantastic place it is today. We really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: You are listening to KBOO 90.7 FM in Portland. From KBOO in Portland, Oregon,
0: this is Progressive Spirit, progressivespirit.net. I'm John Schuck. Today we are going to tackle the topic of apologetics. Christian apologists seek to defend their beliefs. They are all over the Internet with slick...